Hey everybody, this is Anna Stiles and Kristen Green. We want to give a quick content warning for this upcoming episode. We're going to be talking about bullying and some topics are going to come up that might be a little bit hard to hear or talk about. So if you have any... Finn feels very strongly. Finn feels very strongly about this. If you have any specific sensitivities around issues of bullying or um, body image or anything like that we just want to caution you that this is going to get into some pretty it could venture into some intense territory so just be aware of that and also we're talking about bullies we're probably going to use some adult language so if you are listening with a child I recommend you listen to the episode first yourself to determine if it's appropriate for their ears thank you so much and now here's the episode Hi, I'm Anna. And I'm Kristen. We're best friends who both happen to have been born with limb differences. Join us as we talk about the many ways our limb differences impact our lives. From medical intervention to bullying to dating, we're covering it all. And we hope you'll share your stories with us along the way. This is Life and Limb. There's Tommy's guitar ringing out. Nice. That was a really nice outro. I like that. Thanks. Yay. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Hi. <laughs> Welcome back to Life and Limb. I'm Kristen Green. I'm Anna Stiles. Today, we are talking about bullying. Bullying. This is one of the most requested topics. Um, when yeah. we posted in the groups asking what people wanted to hear, this was the big one yeah. from all of the parents. And I understand why. It's kind of intimidating to think about yeah it trying is. to encapsulate everything around this topic yeah in a podcast episode i mean good news right up front though both of us talked about it beforehand and agreed that while we did experience some bullying there wasn't much and yeah it's it's not a guarantee that bullying is going to happen right and I was pleasantly surprised, even though the topic was, it did seem very daunting to me. When I actually stopped to think about it, I don't have a lot of personal stories to contribute to this. Yeah, I've got a couple, but that's yeah. all. So, so it while what we're going to be talking about might get a little sad at times, Yeah, the happy thing to keep in mind is that they're such isolated incidences. Yeah. So it it's really, overall, it's going to be okay. I feel like I say that all the time. It's going to be fine. Well, but it's an important thing to reiterate, I think. Um, It's been confirmed through the the parents that have listened and who have offered their feedback that that is probably one of the most helpful things that they can hear. Yes. You know, in worrying about their children's futures and what it's going to be like, it's going to be okay. Yeah. So, um, and the topic of bullying, it's so expansive. Right. And it's so universally experienced in some way or another exactly that making it specifically about bullying because of a limb difference is almost yeah it's, it's like, it doesn't matter if you have a limb difference or not you're like, gonna get bullied at some point in your yeah, life yeah or or see someone get bullied and it it doesn't matter if you have a limb difference or not like exactly. no one is immune to just the cruelty of young brains that are not developed. Yep. Yeah. So before we dive into this heaviness, let's yeah. catch up. Let's catch up. <laughs> yeah. So what is something that has been on your mind or that happened to you since the last time we sat down? So I I got sucked into TikTok. I 
I'm 28. I know very well that I am over the median age for that platform. You are, you are pretty deep into into the TikTok. I'm pretty deep into TikTok. Yeah. I can't get out. Um, my algorithm has nailed me at this point. It shows me dogs. It shows me um, babies. It shows me fun dances. And it shows me content made by people with disabilities. So oh my gosh. <laughs> It knows me. My algorithm knows me. Is there some D&D in there? There is some D&D in there. Um, we both, Kristen and I both are part of a D&D campaign, Dungeons and Dragons, which never in my life did I think I would be a D&D player. Like when I was growing up, that was always synonymous with like outcast and nerdy. Which that's so strange to me though, because then when you would tell me about um, just some of your interests and activities as a kid I was just like and just knowing you as a theater person and yeah. the movies we've watched like we've watched Lord of the Rings together oh, and yeah. stuff I was just thinking how did she never play I never Dungeons played. and Dragons guys it is so fun well it's and you're so such a natural at it oh thank you yeah no you're it's, so good at it I mean I don't I don't know what I thought D&D was but it's storytelling it's yeah. collaborative storytelling and it's, it's theater it's improv it's creativity it's your imagination yeah. it's all the things that I think about what I think of you yeah so we're in a D&D campaign yeah. together and we love it and now so, it has bled into her her very specific TikTok algorithm yes so so yes so I do get some D&D content as well but um I was on TikTok the other day and of course a disability TikTok came up and it was fascinating to me because I talked on the language episode about how I'm not really comfortable with the term disabled or disability mm -hmm. and I think we both agreed that it's not something that we really feel fits us it's not the best and this TikTok that I saw was about how disability is a social construct, not something that a certain person has. And the way they explained it, I'll have to go back and look. Um, I was hoping to give the person credit, but the problem is I'm so obsessed with TikTok that I like way too many videos. And I specifically liked this video so I could find it again. And now it's buried by all of the other videos oh, I no. liked since. Okay. So I apologize to the creator of this, but the way they explained it was brilliant. Um, Imagine that you are going to school and you just are typical. You are like everybody else. You can open doors. You can go upstairs. Nothing is stopping you from participating in all of these activities. Now imagine that everyone else around you could fly, but you can't fly. Sure, some people might take shortcuts, like they might fly up a level if there's an atrium that's open, but you are still able to access everything you need. You are not disabled in that circumstance, even though everybody else has an extra power than you. Mm. Now imagine that they made it so the building had no stairs and nor no doors, only chutes that you had to fly up and down. Now you are disabled because the environment around you changed. Not nothing you did changed. The environment is no longer suitable for you. It's all, it's like you have been disabled. You have been disabled by something. Right. You are not disabled. You have been disabled. Yeah. And I thought that was awesome. <laughs> I found it fascinating and I thought it was a really good explanation of the way we look at disability. It's so simple but so accurate. Yeah. It's just that the world hasn't considered you. Yeah. When it was built. Yes. And so accessibility measures are just in place to make things accessible. Yeah. So that disability is not eradicated, but it's less of a barrier. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So I thought it's, that TikTok was awesome. It's kind of ridiculous that 
anything isn't built that way with with you know yeah people in wheelchairs or people with any sort of a ramp is just yeah, as usable for people difference. who walk yeah with as stairs are yeah like yeah so I thought that was interesting that was my catch-up that's a good one yeah I like that um mine was that I was um recently returning something to a store and I got up to the counter and I noticed that the woman working the return counter was, I'm assuming, an amputee. Oh. She had, um, I believe it was her right arm um, was amputated at the elbow. Okay. I'm assuming because it looked a lot like a lot of the other lower arm amputees sure. that I've seen on like Lucky Finn or yeah. on our um, social media. And now. it could be, there are also congenital amputees. Yeah. So, it I might, mean, I'm not sure either. why. I don't know what the situation was. And it just was so interesting to encounter that when we are just in the middle of, you know, getting this podcast launched and it's sort of becoming a like part-time thing that we're doing yeah. now it feels like it's it's part of my everyday I just was thinking oh my gosh I don't encounter other people with limb differences that often right. this close up in real life and with this podcast now on my brain I was just standing there trying to figure out how to broach the subject <laughs> yeah. with her and we had already talked about, you know, the language episode. How do we want to be approached? How would we prefer? And it's like my mind just went blank. Oh, and no. I I was excited, but I also I got the taste of the other side of yeah. how intimidating it can be even when you when you want to reach out. Yeah. To just not really know how to do it. Right. So my brain is going through all these options for how to Oh, I could tell her that we have a podcast. I could ask what what happened, and I could show her my foot. I maybe she doesn't want to talk about it though. Yeah, you know it's more sensitive for some people than others. But I was so determined to talk to her about it, and I wanted to mention the podcast, but I also didn't want to come off like I was just self promoting or something right, like that. Right. So I had decided I just needed to say something. Right. I trusted myself enough to know that even though I hadn't planned out the perfect thing, it's like, okay, just say something. It's not going to be an awful, yeah. you know, faux pas, <laughs> whatever comes out. And right when I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to mention it to her. Someone else came up behind me in line and it was the end of my transaction. And I was just uh, like, well, I'm not going to start this kind now. of personal conversation with this person now because they have another customer who's going to be waiting. So I just kind of took my receipt and left. Oh, Kristen. <laughs> I wanted so badly to talk to her though. Go back. I should. Uh, I should go back. Yeah. It was just such a, it just felt surreal because suddenly it's a, it's just an everyday encounter. But in the context now of having this podcast and having just discussed all of these things, it's just like my brain went totally blank. Hey, why? Well, almost <laughs> short, the, almost the opposite. It was like too many things firing yeah. at once. Just, oh, and um, I just, I just kind of walked out. That happened to me. Um, a little while ago, I was at Nordstrom Rack and I went to the checkout and I was checking out and the cashier had a limb difference. He had a hand difference. Yeah. And my brain went, do you say something? Do you say something? Do you, you want to say something? It's It might make you stay. And so I finally was just like, hey, I couldn't help but notice that you have a hand difference. I'm very attuned to people's hands. I'm looking at them all the time because I also have one. And so I showed him my little hand mm -hmm. and he was like, oh my 
my gosh, I never meet anybody who like has this. And yeah. so his, it wasn't the same little hand as mine, but he was missing, I think, two fingers and he had um, some... <laughs> I see, I don't know what they're technically called, but I see a lot of people on Lucky Finn Project calling them nubs. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. So, Okay, um, now I feel a little bit better because that's what, so this woman had, you know, on, on some of the elbows yeah. for either amputees or congenitally missing, um, like the forearm, yeah. some people have like little the nubs, nubs. Yeah. yeah, just on like their quote-unquote elbow. Yeah. That's what she had. Awesome. And I've seen so many pictures of it that it just was like, I've seen this. Gosh, I should know what this right. is. I need to I need to educate myself better. Right. And, her- and if nubs aren't the right thing to be saying, please let us know. But that's the language I've seen other people using. And I try to use language that people adopt for themselves. Yeah, yeah of so. course. Um, yeah. And also it wasn't like hers being her arm and mine being my leg and foot. It wasn't quite a... It wasn't an equal match kind yeah, of thing. So yeah. So it was a little more awkward. I just, I just completely missed the opportunity you'll to have say another anything. opportunity at some yeah. point but in my then afterwards I thought about it like in those moments where I was trying to figure out what to say I'm wondering if I was staring at her arm the way I catch other people staring at my oh, foot yeah which is also why I've tried in my more recent years to not like glare or make it awkward for people when I catch them be more accepting of the stares because you don't know what's going through their head because it's like I I think I might have been staring and if she saw me she she may have caught it and she has no idea why she doesn't know that my well I'm just I'm not like other people I wasn't staring to be rude I was trying to right you know but (laughs) you've got to go back I do I really need to find this woman (laughs) it was it was just funny to me yeah so it's your turn for a we see you it is. It is my turn. Um, this one's a little strange. It's a little different. Um, so I um, I follow this um, dance and yoga studio here in Columbus. Um, it's called Flux and Flow. I love them. I love them too. And I, uh, I just saw one of their Instagram posts that sort of brought them and their studio back onto my radar. But I met one of the owners and artists at a greater columbus arts council event Uh where they just brought local artists and they sat us together at tables and we all got to know each other to talk about our different uh industries and just the things around columbus that we as artists are frustrated with Mm -hmm. things that we really appreciate about it and just sort of um networking about how we can all together make the city a place that is more uh arts friendly yeah, more arts friendly, uh, where it caters more to us, where it provides us the opportunities and the spaces to yeah. do the things we need to do. What a cool um, initiative. Yeah, but I talked, I remember uh, Chase, the lead singer of my band, mm-hmm. and I were there together, and we talked to Russell quite mm-hmm. a bit, and I remember somehow my limb difference came up, and he was really fascinated by it because he told me that their studio tries to be very inclusive and adaptive to people of all body types of all different abilities of all different levels as far as training that they may have or not have had up to this point and I just really appreciated how important it was to him as not only an artist but also a owner of a space to be inclusive and welcoming because I've always felt like in the right conditions I could be a pretty good dancer I think so I'm pretty athletic I have pretty good balance and 
natural instincts for movement. And we do a lot of that in theater. Right. Um, and I just have always been intimidated by dance. It feels a little just from the outside, like, oh, well, that's just such a, such a technique heavy thing that I will never be able to do right. And Mm. you just, you have to do it right or else it's, it's not Steals the joy out of things. Yeah, it really does. But he just, I just really loved how it wasn't even a thing for him or it was more a thing that he, he wants it to be a bigger part of their business. Yeah. And that was great. So one of these days, if they're ever offering classes again, I'm not sure what they're doing right now with, um, with COVID, with COVID if they're doing any in-person, like limited access for dance lessons. But I just really am looking forward to a day when I can talk to him again and maybe take some dance lessons and just sort of get back in touch with him about the things that they do. Cause I just think it's awesome that stuff like that is out there. That's incredible. Yeah. Get in there. Yeah. I want to, <laughs> I would be my own unique little dancer if yes. given the patience and the adaptive brain right. to, to guide me. <laughs> That's phenomenal. Yeah. So Yay, to Flex Russell and flow. and Flex and Flow here in Columbus, Ohio, we see you and we just really appreciate just that. That inclusive mindset. Yeah, that, it's not even a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I do too. Yay. That's always good for a community and good for people of all shapes and sizes and abilities to see. Right. Yeah. That's it. So now let's get into our bummer episode. <laughs> no, it's really not going to be a bummer be, at all. But because no. that's the thing is I think I think parents often worry so much about the bullying in that specific aspect and then it ends up not being as big of a thing. Yeah, you know, hopefully you can't. There's just an aspect of this that you you're just not going to have any control over. Exactly. Yeah. So when preparing for this episode the other day, I texted my mom because I I don't remember stuff from when I was really little. Um, I remember some of my middle and high school experiences, which I'll talk about later. But I asked my mom, I was like, what? what did you do? How did you handle this? I I just said to her, do you remember any instances as a young kid where someone said something about my hand and how we handled it, that sort of thing? And she said, when you were young, most young kids were curious about your hand or didn't notice it at all. We talked about it and you just said to them, I was born like that. And I do remember that. That's what she told me to say. She always just said, if anybody asks, just be proud of it and say, I was born that way. And she said, we talked about it and you just said to them, I was born like that. And most seemed to be satisfied with that and went back to playing. Um, of course, some kids stared, but I think I was more bothered about it than you were, <laughs> which is probably true. Um, well, and it's just such a, like we just talked about with my, with my catch up thing with the lady. It's, it's very natural to just stare when yeah. something is different or that it's something you've never encountered before. You're just, it's going to happen. Yeah. So especially little kids, they're so intrigued. Right. Yeah. And so she also said, I I was also with the same group of kids until middle school because I went to a very, very small private school growing Mm -hmm. up for elementary school. And I think that decision was made um, by my parents because, A, I was a pretty shy kid. I was very introverted. I was very clingy to my parents. I was like a Velcro baby. (laughs) And I think they felt that a smaller environment would suit me better. 
And then my mom also recently told me, and I had never even thought of this as a reason, um, she was like, I just felt that with a smaller class that knew you really well, there would be, you know, less introductions and less times that other kids would meet you and you would have to deal with this whole thing of, Mm -hmm. like, introducing your hand to them for the first time and that sort of thing. And so um, that – I think that did help me as well. I was with a group – I was with a class of 15 students and with only one or two exceptions, I was with those same 15 throughout like the entire kindergarten through fifth grade. So they all knew about my hand and to them, I was just Anna. I mean, they forgot about it, you know? Yeah. And so through elementary school, most of the bullying that happened was girl drama. You know, it was never really about my hand. I mean, girls can be cruel to each other. And so it, it, and they so can also can be boys. yes so can boys and they can also be wonderful to each other yeah. so um that was mostly what it was throughout elementary school there was one boy in particular I will not name names but <laughs> he was a grade younger than me and he for some reason I think it was maybe like bully the older kid to prove yourself you know or something uh. He would just go at me on the playground. He would call me alien. He would call me dinosaur. He would just make – he would mock my hand by, like, holding down two of his fingers and coming at me with it. And it was just really cruel. But the wonderful thing is, if anybody else was around when they saw this happening, they shut that down. My oh, friends awesome. stood up for me. And – they were always like, you know, that is not cool. You cannot do that. It's how she was born. Like, why are you doing this? Like, you look dumb. And so I always had people who were willing to come to my defense. And he would do it when it was just me and him in a space. And after a while, I just learned to ignore it because I did talk to my mom about it. And the thing that my mom instilled in me very young and which is true and is more and more true the older I get is that people who are bullying you about something – are deeply insecure about something in themselves Mm -hmm. and feel the need to bring you down because they want to be at the same level, you know? And it's easier to pull someone down than to find your own way Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. So, again, throughout elementary school, I was pretty solid. I, like, again, bullying, not usually related to my hand. Usually related to, like, so-and-so doesn't like you anymore. They told me. Petty gossip and drama. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So when I got to middle school, it, I switched schools. I went into the public school district um, once I hit sixth grade. And it was it was a little bit different because I had a lot more people to introduce myself to and a lot more people were meeting me for the first time and learning about my hand and everything. Mm-hmm. But again, most of middle school was just petty girl stuff. Yeah. Like it was, it was all interpersonal. Like nothing really was ever said about my hand, at least to my face. Now, I know that at one time, a friend of mine heard somebody saying something about my hand in a negative way, and that friend shoved the other person into a locker. (laughs) Wait, is this the person who called it gross? I don't think it was that person. Okay. I don't. Because you mentioned that in episode yeah, two. Yeah. I don't ever remember what was said in that instance, but I know that the friend immediately got like enraged about it and shoved that person into a locker. So I do not advocate for assault under any circumstances. No. <laughs> um, the moral of that is that there are always people who are going to be willing to stand up for you or for your child. Your yeah. child is going to have amazing friends who are willing to step in and say, this is wrong. And 
that's been true my whole life. Yeah. And I'm hoping that the lack of personal specific stories from both of us about this topic is precisely because even in those times and those years of just drama, so much stuff going on, you're, you know, hormones and just people being petty and cruel and whatever, figuring things out. Yeah. That there is some intrinsic knowledge that something like a limb difference is off limits. Off limits. Yeah. So I think the younger generation, Gen Z in particular, these younger generations are so socially conscious and socially aware that I'm seeing this shift where it is no longer okay to bully anybody about anything that's different about them. And I think that's a shift. And I think, I think most bullying going forward is probably going to be the interpersonal drama. Hopefully. Because I feel like something that's important, I think, to mention is that you, I think for the most part, but definitely me being older, I'm 35, most of my school years were before there was like high speed internet. Yeah. Before everyone had cell phones. Yep. Before any social media. I, rem- I got my first cell phone my freshman year of college. Wow. Yeah. In 2003. Yeah. And I think before that, you know, throughout high school, we had the internet, but it was mostly like aim chat rooms and, <laughs> right. and looking up your favorite boy band of the day. Right. It wasn't, especially without facebook and twitter and instagram there wasn't like social media to like stalk people or use against people yeah or, you know and i had trouble with that in middle and high school because i was that right age where cyberbullying started to happen mm, yeah but again never really about my hand that's which is good but i feel like the onset of the internet and you know cyberspace and just that removal from the personal yeah where you could just be mean without having to face the person you were hurting i feel like that was when it just seemed like bullying blew up. It was everywhere. It was almost, I hate to say this because of the world we live in right now, but it was like the pandemic of the time. It was a pandemic of bullying. It was huge. And it was because, I guess, maybe people had found this different way where they could be anonymous and just get their anger or their insecurities out in a way that seemed like they would never have to answer for it. And like you said, now... The internet's been around for a while. A lot of kids these days, it's been around their entire lives. It's almost like that, not to call bullying a fad, but it's like, okay, that time has passed. We are beyond that right. now. And I think now with Web 2.0 and everything, the stages we're in, I'm like, people have a much greater understanding that the things you say on the internet don't go away. Oh, yeah. And so I think people are more cautious in general of what they say. Yeah, we've seen the long-term effects and accountability and what happens when people because now someone is just as likely to take a screenshot of someone being a bully yep. and ruin your life from it yep. which is a whole thing itself cancel culture and right you know, that's a different form of bullying <laughs> right yeah um, um yeah so i mean again like i said the 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 bullying instances that were related to my hand that i remember most vividly happened in high school the first one was this girl who clearly had some of her own things going on again any bully typically does Mm -hmm. we we were in the same friend group in middle school and I don't know it was freshman year where she just decided she did not like me anymore I mean she started spreading rumors that I was a lesbian and was in a relationship with one of my other friends which like first of all okay 
Like, that's not an insult. Ouch. <laughs> right. And then, and so, of course, Sam, my my good friend and I played it up, you know, like, oh, we're totally <laughs> dating. Yeah. Um, so she would just try to get at me in, like, really insidious ways and, like, just, she didn't have anything on me. I was a pretty boring person. Yeah. Like, I, you know, and so... So there was one day we were in math class. We got seated next to each other in math class, of course. And I don't even remember what the conversation was, but I was just trying to ignore her and like do my own thing. And she turned to me and she just said, yeah, okay, you just ignore me, you three-fingered bitch. Um, and this is one of the best clapbacks I've had in my life. I'm still proud of this moment. I oh, I love to- those moments. I'm oh, so yeah. excited. I turned to her. And I just looked at her, and I'll use her first name, not her last. And I just said, Erin, if the worst possible thing you could think to say about me in this moment is the fact that I am missing two fingers, I'm doing a lot better than you are. That's so good. And she just sputtered for a little bit and went back to her work. And she didn't bug me anymore after that. That's such a good comeback. <laughs> I, I, it's not even a comeback. It's no, just a fact. It's no. just the truth. I, I just finally I had had enough and that was my I you didn't go low no. which is great I try very very hard to be kind to people and I think I am I, I would describe myself as a kind person and, uh, yeah okay <laughs> and that was just my limit I was like I've got to say something I can't keep ignoring this because like and it was it very nice to say I'm doing better than you are maybe not but I was just like listen if that's the worst thing you can think to say about me is that I'm missing two fingers because I was born that way. I'm clearly a pretty good person. Yeah. And then there was, and I am going to use a first name here because there's no identifying information about him. His name was Tim. Tim was a friend of my boyfriend's, my very first boyfriend who I was going to marry. We had all these plans. We were going to get married. We were going to live on a farm. We were going to like raise cows. None. What? The things you think when you're 14. So... My very first boyfriend, Ryan, um, he and Tim were very good friends. And Tim hated me, wanted me out of this man's life. This boy, not man. Um, (laughs) We're 14 and 15, respectively. So, like, just relentless like all the time he would find different ways to pick at me just picking just just picking he would tell me I was ugly he would tell me like and eventually he got to my hand oh my gosh I think he saw that that one bothered me and so that's what he went for Mm. and looking back on it it was clearly about my relationship with my boyfriend he felt that I had stolen his friend and he wanted me out of the picture but at the time I was just like why are you doing this you know and he he said some really hurtful things and the worst part is we rode the same bus the bus is such a the dang bus it's just a cesspool yes. of drama <laughs> and that's where if i mean if you're going to have bullies that's probably where you're going to be bullied on the bus be. and i mean that's Ugh. and that's whether you have a limb difference or not the bus yeah. just sucks sometimes uh, yeah um but yeah tim was just an asshole I mean, I'm sorry, but like he, he would call me like, again, he used dinosaur all the time. And he like, at one point he like stood up on the bus and like yelled like, Hey, has everybody seen Anna's weird hand? Cause there were, and then of course people were like curious about it. And I had to deal with that for the rest of the bus ride, but just all this nonsense. And I'm like, 
why this? Why now? And there was one particular instance where I was at Boston Stoker, which is a local coffee joint in Dayton with my friends. And he called me and left a voicemail about how like I was worthless because like nobody would ever want to date me again after I broke up with Ryan because of my hand and Ryan was going to dump me because I was a mutant and like just this scathing awful voicemail and I just remember going into the bathroom and just crying yeah and my friends were like don't listen to him like what a jerk he's he has no like I mean they were all supportive but I don't know the way the way he said that word mutant just got under my skin of course and it did. and that was that was the hardest one for me I yeah. think was just hearing nobody's gonna want to be with you because you're mutant yeah that cut hard and I think I've told you before and I've been open about the fact that I like and we'll get to this more when I we get into dating and relationships but that was always kind of a concern of mine like Mm. as a little kid like falling asleep like will anybody ever want to marry me you know because wouldn't they want somebody with 10 fingers which is such a silly thing because I have all these other things that my I am not my hand well right you know like and but I think as a person with a limb difference it's something that if you're being honest with yourself it'll pop up in your head yeah of course and and so that one hurt me when when he said that and now of course fast forward 14 years I don't Mm -hmm. know fast forward I'm married to the best guy ever. Like mm-hmm. he was he was so wrong on such a deep level. But yeah, so the thing with that though is I just feel like it feels so personal and so low. Yeah. Because it's about a limb difference, because it's about something that you had no control over that already makes you feel different in the world. Yeah. And that that you have all these insecurities about And they found that thing. Yep. But the thing that I try to think about, and of course, when you're younger and when you're in the moment, and even sometimes when you're an adult and you know these things, it still will hurt. The thing to remember is that whether you have a limb difference or not, the bullies are going to find the thing. Whatever the thing is that they can use to make you feel less than exactly that's what they're gonna find it might not be a limb difference or something that obvious it might just be I don't I don't know stupid things like you're short or you don't get the best grades or your family doesn't make money there's gonna be a thing that people with the insecurities to where they need to bully they're gonna find it yeah for people like us there's the low-hanging fruit of a physical difference yep so and I mean, my mom was always great about addressing this stuff. She just explained, you know, when people ask, when kids ask, tell them I was born like that. Mm-hmm. If they say it's weird, say it's normal to me. Just eventually they'll run out of questions. That's one way to deal with it. Another way is to ignore and hope mm-hmm. it goes away. Sometimes it doesn't go away though. So I mean, but it's really important, I think, to do what my mom did and teach your kids that. When somebody is that vicious about something that uncontrollable, Mm -hmm. something is going on with them that is a lot deeper. Yeah. It's not about you. It's not about your hand. They are grasping at whatever they can 
to make you feel bad because of how bad they feel. Yeah. And that's a great thing to remember that separates you from the from the mental and the emotional pain so that it does so that you don't have to carry that or take ownership of that and make sure that that toxicity stays out of you. Mm-hmm. Something it won't do is make it stop. And there is a point where you might need to as a kid get you know some actual real world outside help to make something stop you know you can tell yourself all all day long that it's not about you and that this person has a problem but if they are still interrupting your life you cannot be afraid to ask for help it is not tattletaling it is not narking Mm -mm. if you are in a situation where somebody is harassing you you need to go tell someone yeah especially if you're in school because that's not okay and adults can make it stop and mm-hmm. they may call you a tattletale. Who cares? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's no way to live your life day to day being insecure or being afraid to be in in a place, you know, whether it's on a sports team, whether it's in your, you know, school classes or um, extracurricular activities that you're doing. You don't need to put up with that. And if it reaches a point where you feel like you need to reach out and get someone to help, do. And as a parent, um, this will actually segue into some of my experiences as a kid. But I think it's really important for parents to at least make sure that any adult in your child's life is aware and that they, they don't need to necessarily go in preemptively and do anything, but just to keep an eye out and to be a resource for their kid yeah. and just let the parents know like, Hey, I have brought my child up to trust that if there is a problem, they can go to the adult in the situation. And I would just, you know, just make, make them aware. Yeah. And I think something that was really important for me as a kid is that when I first had my surgeries on my leg, I feel like And I don't know if my parents had this conversation with my teachers, but I feel like my teacher must have done a great job of preparing the entire class for what they would see and what it would be like when I got back. Because so Anna and I, I I kind of am am in the same situation. I went to the same school from preschool through eighth grade. Got it. So I was mostly with the same group of like 60 kids. There were usually two classes for each grade, but it was the same 60 kids from the time I was four or five to 14. Wow. Yeah. In the same building. Yeah. So when I, when I had my surgery, my classmates all wrote me little letters and I could tell like the teacher had prepped them like, okay, she, this is what she's having done. You could tell her about this stuff that she missed and that you, you know, that you're looking forward to her coming back. They just did such a good job of, of managing the expectations and just sort of, in, in whatever way you do with six-year-olds, just yeah. preparing them for the fact that one of their classmates was going to come back and it was going to be something different for them. Yeah. And questions were always encouraged. And I don't know if that set the stage for my entire, you know, elementary and junior high experiences, but I just felt like my classmates and I were so close. Mm-hmm. And any drama that did eventually come up, especially when you hit like sixth and seventh grade, it was never about my foot. Just like you said, it was never about your hand. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in that regard, I was really lucky. I yeah. loved the group of kids that I grew up with. Um, one thing that occurs to me when you're talking about just how 
sometimes it gets under your skin Mm -hmm. is that it's almost not because the it's such a ridiculous thing logically to make fun of you you know I mean not making fun of anything is not okay right you know something that someone has no control over and that doesn't really have a major impact impact on their life it's just so silly to make fun of but I think the reason it hurts so much is it's almost more the realization that there are people out there who are willing to be that cruel yeah yeah it's the existence of cruelty and encountering it in real life. Yeah. It's not necessarily because you are really insecure about your own limb difference. Because mm-hmm. I, I hope that anyone growing up with a limb difference has the type of relationship that we have with it. Yeah. Where you know it, you know yourself well, you know your strengths, you know your weaknesses, you know how to work around things. And it's something that's just a part of you that hopefully you're proud of. Yeah. So I would hope that someone's words couldn't change that. And hopefully by the time you're in school, you just have such a strong sense of self that no one is going to tell you that you are less than, that you are not capable, that you are less worthy of love or friendship or existing in this world. But just the fact that that type of cruelty exists is so painful. heartbreaking. Yeah. That was my... I, I mentioned this. The only real example of bullying that I could think of was that mangled stump yeah thing and that was in my adult life that wasn't even in childhood but the words that were said were kind of silly Mm -hmm. for me the thing that got under my skin was just wow someone is willing to go this low yep and this is this is an actual person who met me and has chosen to do this yeah that's it's just encountering ugliness in the world that is inescapable and it sucks yeah. It just sucks. And I think it's okay to, like, there, I, I went through a period of time where I felt like I had to be so strong and I couldn't let anything get to me and stuff it all down because it's, don't feel these feelings. You're stronger than that. Mm-hmm. That's really bad. <laughs> don't do that. Like, allow yourself to feel. I mean, yeah. it's okay. Like, obviously know your worth know that you are strong and beautiful and everything but it's okay to be hurt it's okay to feel hurt it's okay to cry about it it's healthy to feel hurt and to learn how to deal with those emotions because there's no there's no way around them in some way shape or form in life exactly and I'm I'm pretty open about my mental health as well I've I've struggled with depression and anxiety throughout my life and so I was I was pretty young when I saw a therapist for the first time and it it took a little while to get to the right one Mm -hmm. um but but once I found one that I clicked with I mean I was really able to learn some coping strategies not just about like bullying but about other things in life and so I think if if you have a child or if you are someone who's actively bullied and it's starting to weigh on you, I can't say enough about therapy. If you have access to it, Mm -hmm. it's really helpful. And there's a specific type of therapy that's really worked well for me called cognitive behavioral therapy. Mm -hmm. And what CBT does is it helps you recognize unhelpful or harmful thoughts. Your own. Your own unhelpful Mm -hmm. or harmful thoughts. Because If you start to hear things about yourself from other people, sometimes you can internalize them and start thinking them about yourself. It becomes your own inner self-narrative. Exactly. And CBT really helps you to break out of that by saying, oh, this is the kind of thought that this is. And here's why it's not helpful. And here's why it's untrue. 
And so I think that can be a great resource yeah. for people as well. And it doesn't mean that you won't, like we said, you won't be hurt or affected in some way about it, but it keeps it from becoming part of your identity. Yes. And part of your own train of thought that then spirals and it becomes your truth. Exactly. Yeah. You know what just occurred to me about that incident that I was talking about? Uh-huh. And I didn't say this when it came up in the language and labels episode. Do you know what the worst part about reading what someone else had written about me was? I don't think you ever explained in the language and labels episode either what context that was in. No, it was someone posted on a forum for a theater group asking a question about what you do if you feel like your instructor's movement technique is dangerous Mm -hmm. or something. And they went on to explain that the reason they were asking was because they had a birth defect and they felt like they'd had an experience with an instructor where the instructor was just so grueling and so dismissive of the poster's limitations with a limb difference that it had made their mangled stump worse that it had that they would never be able to perform again and that it was damaged beyond repair and that their life was ruined and they specifically brought up uh, a director that I had had their username was my name Kristen Green and they said that they were the lead in this play. I was the lead in this play. They mentioned the school where this production had taken place. So they were clearly writing as me. My jaw is on the floor. Yeah. So um, they were not only... So you got like catfished in a way, kind of. Well, like, <laughs> Yeah. So they were not only saying terrible things about my leg and things that just were not true, but they were also making it sound like this person that I had worked with was irresponsible and completely ineffective in her job. That's horrible. Yeah. So they were, it was sort of an attack on both of us. But so to bring it back, the worst thing about that, I realized it wasn't the words that they said, because honestly, at this point, like I said, I was an adult. I, you're not going to make me feel any differently about myself. Right. Or about what I think about my foot at all. Right. Like that is a, That is a relationship and a personal experience that cannot be broken by anything. The worst part was that they wrote as me and that they projected to the world that I felt that way about my foot. Yeah. That was you don't. That was and or and no one should. That was the most insulting thing was that I think my foot is disgusting. I see it as a mangled stump and it's stopping me from doing things and now it was made worse by this experience and my whole life is ruined well that's how you know it wasn't you right off the bat I mean like who uses that language to describe themselves anyone who anyone who knows me or who worked with me and the thing the thing that made me feel great is that a friend of that instructor that had worked with me reached out to me and was like hey I don't know you, you don't know me, but I read this. And not only does this not sound like an accurate description of our mutual friend, the instructor, but from the people that she works with and what I know about this production, this doesn't sound like something someone would say. Right. And they were right. It was it was someone posing as me. That was the part I hated the most. Yeah. That this instructor saw that and maybe even for a millisecond thought that that was the way I 
thought of that whole experience. Right. Yeah. But yeah, mostly just the, just the image it put of me and how I think about myself. That was the worst part. That's messed up. Yeah. It was very messed up. Clearly some personal issues going on there. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 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 Like I said before, that's, that's somebody who has something going on in their own self that they've got to work out and it has nothing to do with you. How, what does it take to get to that point? I don't know. Where you're either standing in front of someone or holding a phone, leaving them a voicemail or sitting in front of a computer. Yeah. And you're choosing to, to do this. Well, and here's the flip side of that. I have found that people with limb differences or just other differences in general are some of the most compassionate people because we know what it's like to be on the other side. And we know how it feels and we want to make sure nobody else feels that way. Oh, yeah. That's something I've thought about a lot too. And I'm sort of saving some of that for – we have an episode planned for um, like self-identity yeah. and how this shaped who we are as people. And I, I think I think a lot of it is probably in ways we don't even know. But yeah. you're right. I think we have a very strong sense of self. Yeah. And we also are very protective and compassionate towards other people. Exactly. Yeah. And I think – we, we've talked about some of the experiences we had that were negative and how we handled them. But I want to make it really clear that these were one-offs. Like yeah. the majority of my life, my hand has been an afterthought because people don't bring it up. Yeah. And people will have questions and your children or you are going to have to deal with questions because people are naturally curious. And I think that's okay. Yeah. And you can just answer, answer truthfully. You know, for me, I was born like that was my answer. Mm -hmm. And it usually satisfied people. Other than that, I mean, I think we're moving towards a world that celebrates difference. And so I not doesn't try to see them or rush over them or pretend they don't exist. But actually I don't see color. I don't see disability. Yes, you do, don't lie. Yeah. Um, and these differences exist and they do impact people. And so I think we're moving towards a world where difference is celebrated instead of pushed aside or not talked about or looked at as undesirable. Mm -hmm. And I'm so happy <laughs> for these kids who get to grow up in this world. Yeah. You know, where... Like you mentioned, I'm so happy that there's now, it seems like, in this younger generation where it is... I don't want to say it's cool, but maybe that is the best thing for now until it just becomes the norm. But it is not cool to make fun of people, and it's cool to stand up and be a strong voice for people who are being bullied. Exactly. Yeah. And I think schools nowadays do a pretty good job of training kids like in classroom settings like see something say something. Yeah. You know, if you are if you are witnessing bullying, don't be a bystander. Get involved. And every little kid wants to be the hero. Exactly. So you want to you want to look out for each other. And I had heroes. Oh yeah. I had so many heroes who when a stupid comment from that little boy on the playground was made would step in and say stop it <laughs> yeah. and then they would tell me you know hey nothing's wrong with you you are awesome you're my friend I like you just the way you are I just I'm thankful for the heroes yeah I don't I've never really had a situation where someone needed to step in for me like that not that I can remember or at least not specifically related to my leg but yeah yeah. Oh, and trust me when I say that people also stepped in and blew those two high school kids up. I mean, they were not, they did not get away with that scot-free. People were angry. Yeah. 
there's a little bit of like justice, a sense of justice where I'm happy oh, to hear that. Oh yeah. I, mean, I don't want their lives to be ruined, but no, like, no, no, no. Here's the thing. I'm a totally different person now than I was at 14. I'm a totally different person now than I was at 20. I'm a totally different person now than I was two years ago. I look back on my life and I see instances where I could have been much kinder to people mm-hmm. and I wasn't. Absolutely. And and it's so cringy too. Oh, it's, to, it to hurts to things. think about that. And Do you ever wonder if any of these people, like, are you and these things you've told, is that their cringy moment? I, that's what I'm saying. I hope so. I hope that time and age and wisdom has made those people realize that what they did was wrong. And I'm sure they're better people now. I hope they're better people now. Probably. I like to think so. I, I've i thought about that exact thing where it's like, I don't, I don't think I was ever a bad person, but I've had my moments and I hope people who saw me in those moments don't assume that that's just no. a defining trait of mine. I, I try to allow for time and growth in people yes. and in how I think of them. We are all human. We are all fallible. We're all going to make mistakes and have regrets about how we've acted. The important thing is that you don't make those a regular part of your daily activity. Yeah. <laughs> and if you encounter those people who are just determined to be mean, to be cruel, to be a bully, cut the toxicity out of your life. Ask for help if you need it and just know that that is not about you. Don't let their words become part of your internal narrative. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's all I had to say. That's all I have to say. I hope that it was helpful. I, this is, everyone has an opinion or an experience about bullying. So I, I hope this was useful. Yeah. And again, if you have any questions, feel free to send us a private message on Facebook or Instagram. If you have a specific situation that you or your child is experiencing Mm -hmm. that you just want kind of an adult perspective from somebody who's been through things like this on before, we may not have all the answers, but we can try. Yeah. So sometimes just, just reaching out, just getting it out to with someone who can, who can commiserate is in itself helpful. So also, if you have any really good clapbacks, I want to hear those. <laughs> I want to hear your comebacks. <laughs> I love the smart, high road clapbacks. Yep. You don't go low where it's almost just so... Yeah, well, you're stupid. Like, yeah, that's that, that's, never that, great. that doesn't do anything. Yeah. Yeah, if you've got if you've got some good comebacks, tell us. Yeah, what are your good, classy, high road clapbacks? <laughs> I love those. I do too. <laughs> Well, hopefully we'll get a few. And then next time, I think we're going to be talking about something a little bit lighter. And yeah. it'll be a phallic This leather. wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. And no. that's the whole theme of the bullying that we've both been through. You're it wasn't that bad. It wasn't bad. It, you know, everyone has moments. You're going to be fine. Yep. Find your heroes. Find your friends. You're good. Yay. Yay. That's it. <laughs> we love you guys. Thank we you so you. much for listening. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.